Guys, we're back. We're back. We are back. Hands in the air like you just don't care. 211 Podcast. Come at ya. Yeah. Uh, we all have some fantastic shirts on, I'm noticing. Uh, yes. Alex, what are, you, what are you rocking in here today? I don't know. A nice Hawaiian shirt with my Ice Cube t-shirt on. I like it. Ready for vacation. Ready for oh. vacation. It's vacation weather, let me tell you. It, it is, is very nice. Very mm-hmm. What about you, Daniel? I see some uh, classic Mickey Mouse steamboat. Mickey Mouse, yes. Yeah, black. Love it. Classic black and white. Yeah, that's great. You ever played Kingdom Hearts 2? You know, I think we've talked about this before. The all-in-one package is like $50. I don't know why I'm not getting it. Man, so the reason I bring up Kingdom Hearts is A, because I bought the Kingdom Hearts 3s on Game Pass, and they just added the other two remixes. And it's annoying because I bought them last month. I'm like, you really just put them on Game Pass? And- well, anyway, but because in Kingdom Hearts 2, there's a level, like you can go to like Halloween Town and it changes the appearance of your character. It's really like to match the art style. And there's a, one where you go back to like the Steamboat Willie age of, of Mickey Mouse and like your characters look like that too. And you like, you see Silent uh, Mickey. It's really, really cool. Um, but I, I mean, that's about, we'll get straight to it. Normally we have a bit more shenanigans, but we got a jam-packed episode here today. Um, then we'll probably at the, at, the, at the end of the show we'll talk about what we're doing next week for our next hockey-centered podcast. Maybe a bit of a special little broadcast. We'll get to it though. But lads, we'll start off talking about uh, Dan Carcillo, who is uh, he is leading a class action lawsuit against the CHL, and uh, he's just put up uh, not just put up, but a few days ago he put up a statement on Twitter. I'll just give it a quick little read here. Quote. I commenced a class proceeding today against the Canadian Hockey League and its leagues and teams. It's on behalf of underage minors who suffered violent hazing, physical and sexual assault, and psychological trauma by playing major junior hockey. I was one of those kids when I played in the OHL. I know there are many just like me. I believe this case will give those who are abused a chance to be heard. In my experience, sharing stories of abuse is part of the healing process. It allows a person to take the power back. I also believe that this lawsuit will create real positive change in Canadian junior hockey. The type of, this type of abuse has nothing to do with the sport, and it needs to stop. Starting with you, Alex, because you mentioned the fact that we've been hearing change, change, change when it comes to hazing. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about the Kitchener Ranger stuff last episode, um, what do you make of this? Another it, uh, class action lawsuit. The CHO. I, I, you know. So it's him, it's Dan Carcillo and Garrett Taylor. Um, those are the two players heading the the lawsuit. What I find so, I don't know what the word I'm looking for because it's just extremely weird. You know, I, I and I don't remember what day it was on, but they were talking about this incident on uh, Hockey Central, and they were talking. They're saying, you know, how it's it's hazing is being phased out of the or it's illegal in in the chl but like obviously dan carcillo dan carcillo's incident was were a while back right so okay but then you hear the eric guest incident and then you hear all these other things that come out and you know it's not like these are this was something a lot of these incidents are happening in the eighties or in the nineties or even the early two thousands, but they're recent. So if, if it's happening, you're not doing your job. 
as the C, if you're the CHL and you and these things continue to come out, and you're not changing a single thing, you're not doing your job properly. Mm-hmm. Daniel, yeah, I kind of feel that way too. It's just you know, Eric Gas comes up, we hear a few things too, and you know, it's just going through the years, like Akeem Alou, you know, that was like 2007 or before 2007 to 2005, I believe, and then even like further back with Don Carcillo. And like on the hockey news where um, everything's kind of outlined by Ken Campbell about what's going to happen, like including like goaltender Ryan, Ryan Mintz, I believe uh, he's bringing up a lot of things. And it's just, as you go through all of the stuff that's kind of happened, like including all like the problems with the showers, saying that the coach was there and just laughed it off in a way. It's just, it's just like that whole thing of bringing it back to, you know, the, the culture question in a way of what's what's like these perceived things of like what's for hockey and what's not for hockey. Like one example he kind of brought up was Mintz talked about how he will add his name in the lawsuit with Taylor and Carcillo. And he kind of mentioned it like the crazy things, like he wrote a letter saying he was suicidal at the time and his teammates kind of just crumpled it up and they never talked about it again in practice. Second thing is, you know, Mintz is Jewish and they kind of made a joke about it. Like the one alleged, uh, incident was they put black tape on his nose to like as like a Hitler impersonation kind of thing and these kind of things where they would just laugh it off and it would just never be spoken again of in like practice Mm -hmm. yeah I think this year and I feel like I've said this multiple times on the podcast before but I'm gonna say it again and I'm gonna say it every single time something like this comes up until I see like until there's someone does something about it this year has shown all the problems that are in hockey or most of the problems because like there's probably more that we all knew okay it was one of those problems that we knew but didn't know because we were told that oh you know the chl says there's no hazing so we all assume that hazing is going to be phased out of the game and then we have the Brendan Leipzig incident. But then it's like, is he the only one who's actually like this? Like you even think about, have you ever seen Letter Kenny? And I'm not, and I understand it's satirical, but have yeah. you ever seen the show? Like think about how they, pers- how they show the hockey players in the most stereotypical Canadian hockey player type way. And, and I get it. It's satirical. But that's how we all perceive hockey players. There's a reason they're doing it like that. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a but lot com- of issues. Yeah. One common thing I always found, like, you know, we've gone through it so many times. And, you know, like Jeff Perry's kind of the center at this right now, the former coach of uh, Carcillo's. And it's that thing where, you know, he stood idly by and – it's kind of thing he exacerbated in a way like you know these are a bunch of like 15 16 year old 17 year old guys and it's a kind of thing where yeah like maybe like they become jerky guys but you know it's it was led by example it mm-hmm. just they allowed this yeah. type of environment to kind of keep on going like this and it's something that you know they 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 had they had no effort in trying to change the crazy thing for me is a, a, and I can't remember where I heard this but the, the mentality is, is because it happened to me, I have to do it to the next guy. Yeah. That makes, that makes no sense to me. 
it's like a false sense of rite of passage. It's like, because I got hazed, you have to get hazed. Mm. I don't see how that makes any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't, right? Like, it's just such a... And, and, and you know, I get it. Like, people have... Like, I, I guarantee... Like, I can't guarantee it, but, like, there's probably... There, there, it's traumatic. Like, if I'm... Da- imagine what someone like Eric Guest goes through... And then he does it to the and he did and maybe he did it did or he didn't, but if he did it to the next group of people, it's traumatic. Mm-hmm. We, one thing, sorry. Uh, go, go, on, go ahead, go ahead, Daniel. One thing is just like I know, I just said uh, it is probably a random thought it has no probably substance too much substance to it. But the one thing I think about is these instances have happened on like the Sarnia Sting, and it's like these guys were. I'm not saying Carcillo was a bad player or anything. It just, you know, he was like, maybe like that, those, that, that, you know, like the scoring enforcer in a way, Yeah. you know, he could add some depth scoring, but like, you know, these are the coming years of, you know, someone like, I don't know, Steven Stamkos coming out of this program. Like he hasn't said anything. That's very, that's a very good point. And there wasn't a, probably a, a guy with bigger influence when he played in his league than Steven Stamkos. Yeah. That is, um, that's a very, very good point. And you know, but you're not going to see. Sorry, sorry, Adam, go. No, no, you're and you're you're right. No, you're not going to see these players because I don't mm-hmm. think Steven Stamkos has even said anything about the Black Lives Matter stuff. Or am I? Uh, I don't know about that. Well, the the point generally is like you've seen the Kima Lou this year say say that like, you know, how much had to happen for stars to start stars who are not visible minorities to come out and say something it was this year has been the first time i've ever really seen it happen and not yeah, only yeah. did it take the akimalu stuff it also took the george floyd stuff and um, everything else going around um, around the world and yeah no i was just gonna say like it's not even that it's not even because they're quiet players like i i guess it's an, another stereotype but a lot of these high star hockey players tend to be quiet. No. Like the guys in Toronto are, are kind of an exception. Mm-hmm. Like we know everything about them. McDavid is, you don't hear a whole lot from McDavid. You don't hear a whole lot from Crosby in that, in Crosby's generation, Ovechkin is really the outlier because he's the one who just likes to talk. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, it is very much a – we can sit here and recognize – you know, it, it's like Kima Lu said in his player tribune piece. It's just how hockey players are sort of raised, uh, especially no league produces more NHLers than the CHL does. Yes, the past few years had more Europeans. Uh, last year's draft, of course, you had all the American prospects, but still it is a Canadian sport, and it's, it's up to them to change because it has to start in junior. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I can't imagine what it's like. It's like to, at such a young age, 15, 16, to be yeah. brought into a bathroom. So you have to do cocaine. Everything that happened to Kimalu, I can't imagine what it's like to go through that stuff. The thing I question, the only thing I really question is, does it, yes, it starts with junior, but are, is junior going to be the first, first set of leagues to implement it? And I don't think that's, that's the case. I really think it starts from the top and it trickles. It has to trickle its way down. I think that's fair. Yeah. Because okay. I mean, it, it, it starts with, if you start seeing the biggest names in hockey, 
see a Matthews or a McDavid start saying something, then that should say something. If, and, they, and again, if you see the, the I think it's, it's the Black Lives, uh, uh, Daniel, you know exactly what it was called because I know you really want to talk about it. That like, Vander Kim, Akima Lou, oh, they're the sort of, Oh, yeah. The Hockey Diversity key? Alliance. Yes. Yeah. Like that is, and I believe players in the MLB might have just done one as well, or uh, well, the point, you know no, I, mean? I think MLS. I'll find out. MLS, mm. but the point is, if you start seeing these type of you know groups start forming in these major leagues, then it's going to cause a trickle down effect again, as you say, Alex. Yeah, it does need to start there, but at the same time, I do think there needs to be. I think you can make an argument for both because. I like you can rarely say how much more influence a player's life is going to be, you know, affected than in junior. You talk about like Nick Ehlers was on Thirty One Thoughts before the season started talking about like he wished he could go back to you know playing in Moose Jaw because it was such a great time. And like again, I think your teenage years are probably your most influential ones. I can tell you now, like, and I've I've I think all three of us can agree that neither of us did the amount of growing that we did you know, in our teenage years, I think of how much we probably changed. I'll ask you this. Do you guys like yourselves at 16? No. I didn't. Now imagine you add in everything that's happening to these hockey players to it. It's going to shape the rest of your life. Sure. And, and, and the, the crazy thing is, is especially the guys who are coming out of CHL. I don't know how, what it's like in, in the U S but you're not in school. Like as much as they want to say we have a program and I bet they have a program and I, I don't know how well it is. I've never heard anything about it, but it, I don't think it's the same. No. Like I feel like they're missing out on these things and what they're doing is they're playing hockey, practicing, training, um, uh, training, uh, doing schoolwork and then going part gang parting. And there's a heavy asterisk on schoolwork. Yeah. Very heavy asterisk on schoolwork. Like the, like, like I'd love to know what an, a typical NCAA player's grades are like. Uh, let's see a football player because in the NHL ones are a bit different. Like, I'd love to like look at their grades and be like, ah, I wonder how. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of mm-hmm. issues. Question marks. <laughs> Question marks, especially in football and basketball. Hockey, I I I've never heard anything about hockey. That's your John Scott, you know, that guy actually had the 4.0 in engineering. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Damn, that guy's a genius. There's a few of those hockey players that are like, just, it's insane that like, they're kind of like the roses that go, that grow through the cracks of the concrete. There, I, I know Kerfoot went to Harvard. Now, who's the other, was it, there's another player, not, and I don't remember what Jimmy team VC? he plays for, that went to Harvard. Jimmy VC? Is it Jimmy VC? I think so. Oh. The one Jack Edwards and told him to throw his degree away when the Bruins faced him or something. A couple smart NHL players, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are more of them. Oh, before we move on, just confirming, Stamkos did comment on George Floyd and Black Lives Matter on yeah. his Twitter on June 2nd. All right, then I'll take that back. That's my mistake. But still, um, yeah, I, still I think it still says something about the fact that that's around the time he was in. And again, yeah. how often do you... Again, into what Alex was saying, do you hear from those players? I don't want to take away. I apologize. I should have done my due diligence instead of saying something random there. Sorry, Steven. You are rarely going to hear something 
and it's not e- and it's not even because they're quiet. It's because of how hockey works. And if yeah. you say one wrong thing, it's like a boys' club. Mm-hmm. You say one wrong thing, and you're out. It's like Eric Gasset. He didn't want to mention any of the names in his situation because he knew he'd never play in the NHL again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. But I think we should move on now. Again, we are uh, we're yes. trying to keep the podcast in the more condensed sort of format here. Um, phase two, guys, has been a bit a bit of a rocky road for the NHL. Yeah. Um, we've had. I think I came out on Friday that of two hundred plus players tested, uh, eleven have tested positive for COVID nineteen. That was sorry. Were they tested multiple times? I, is that what it was? It wasn't. They were tested once. Yeah, I think it's twice a week, is it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of their last round of testing, I'm just going off of um, the statement they released on Friday. Uh, yeah, uh, 11 of 200 plus were tested. Uh, sorry, of were tested positive. Three of those players belong to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who also have had some staff members test positive. Now, two things. Uh, here. First of all, but- it's not really a surprise going on. What's going- Tampa Bay is one of the places in the states where cases are shown. Yep. Um, and again, I think the league would be insane if they weren't planning for a situation like this. Now, Tampa Bay have closed facilities, even the Jays who have um, a training facility. Yes, they've closed that as well. Um, it is, yeah, guys, were you surprised, first of all, that we no. did see a case like this come out where it seems to be like a team maybe having to take a step back or two here? Um, no. And, you know, I think they knew what they were doing. You don't, you don't like even the, even Dana White came out and said it when they went into their first card, like official card uh, in Jacksonville, one, uh, a fighter and two cornermen tested positive and the fight still went on. Why? Because they planned for saying just like you're, that's why you're, there's so much, there's so much extensive planning going on, right? Mm -hmm. You have to plan for for one, two, three, or however many players are going to test positive, right? So to me, this doesn't come as a surprise. Mm -hmm. Daniel, what about you? Because I wonder now how Tampa's video of the boys are back and that jet ski type montage looks now. I think, yeah, they really jumped the gun on this. I think that, you know, I, what I liked about phase two was, you know, we're going to be gradual of all these things, but I think, you know, it's the kind of thing where you kind of let certain things open and everything, everyone kind of just jumps at that opportunity. Like one example I'm going to use the league is, I don't know, like I, I drove downtown recently and yeah. you know how like things are really limited in terms of or is anything opening or how many people it? should be in a certain place. Like it felt like yeah. a regular, oh, there's certain it, stores open, I think like up until six or seven, but it felt yeah. like a regular day. There's so many people outside. There's so many people I... Drove by Christie Pitts. Yeah. Uh, there's crowds. Like, there's people playing baseball. It's the kind of thing where there is some leeway that's happening here. Yeah. But, you know, I think once that happens, people are saying, like, oh, things are open or, you know, let's let's get things, things ready. Sports are back. But now what I kind of feel is, like, I guess they kind of learned their lesson. Like, okay, let's scale it back a bit and see where did we go wrong or – you know, what are these changes we can do to be a bit more safe going forward? Because, like, the cases are coming out like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 
I don't see the issue. I don't have an issue with how they put it out because you have six players and one coach. Mm-hmm. How how much smaller do you want them to start practicing? Right, like that. That's my mentality. Whether they started too soon or started uh, like they have, they didn't. They should have started later. That's that's a different question. But to scale it back even more, like what are you going to do? Have two players and they're just get passed the yeah. puck back and forth. That's that's the issue with for me in scaling it back. I think the question is, did you start too early and? Do you look at like my thing is is you know you why why have them practice in their own in their own city? You pick your hub city and you figure it out. Yeah, that, that was kind of weird to me. Like like the Raptors and like the Blue Jays, you know, <laughs> they're being sent to Florida. Well, the Raptors are going to Florida early because yeah. that's where it's going to be, mm-hmm. right? But the if I'm the NHL, I know one place is going to be Vegas. Like, that's all but confirmed by the NHL. And then we're still looking for what the second one is going to be. Now, is it a matter of – I don't know what the rink situation is like in Edmonton or the rink, situa- rink situation is like in Vancouver or Chicago – is there not enough rinks there to say, hey, these group teams are practicing this day, these teams are practicing that day, and you alternate it and you figure out a schedule there? Like, to me, I just, it didn't make sense to say, okay, you all go disperse to your cities and then wait about a month and then collect in your hub cities and not expect there to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we haven't heard enough from the NHL about what, like, yes, we know you're being tested, right? Bettman said, phase two, you're tested uh, twice a week, phase three and phase four. Phase three, you're tested more, and then phase four, you're going to be tested every single day. But I feel like we're still missing, like, what are, are they allowed to go home? Are they still confined? Like, what's, is it a bubble or is it not a bubble? Because if it's not a bubble, you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to agree with you there, Alex. Sorry, Dan, the man, because it's just in a few weeks, we're supposed to be starting this, this training camp. And if you're not already at a phase where you need to have more than a few people on the ice, I don't know how you can expect a jump into training camp with an extended roster and, you know, 50 50 groups of people. That's, um, I, I think you have a bit of an issue there. Um, and again, it's difficult to say if they started late because of everything going on. No, no, I'm, they started early. That's what I meant. Early, sorry, early. Um, it, it is, you cannot, I'm sure no one expected Tampa to just jump as much. Well, some people did, but I mean, I, I think it also kind of looks worse on Tampa about that. I joked about it, but that video they made that you took the time to shoot the boys reuniting and, um, you know, and, messing around on the jet skis i thought that was a bit oh it was funny it was funny it was funny when it first happened but now it does not like hindsight is 2020 obviously yeah and it does not look good on tampa bay um let's just pause for a second here uh daniel left the call so um guys technical difficulties aside um it may not look great for tampa with that Boys are back in town video. Um, but there is someone else in the world of sport media, especially in hockey, that's been getting a bit of a rough time. And I guess we'll that's talk about That's an understatement. Yeah, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about whether he deserves it or not. Um, 
and I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to get my notes up here because yeah. I'm going to be very careful. Okay. I want to get libeled here. Okay. Steve Simmons. What would be slander because we're talking, right? Oh, slander. Sorry. Yeah. Like a James Jones Jameson. Libel is written. Slander is spoken. What a great guy. Anyway, um, so Steve Simmons reported, emphasis on his breaking story, that Toronto Maple Leafs player, you might have heard of him, Austin Matthews, tested positive for COVID-19. Now, the Toronto Maple Leafs did make a statement, but they did not confirm anything. And what you really need to know from the article is that they emphasized privacy. And I will also say that since the NHL have you know, started this uh, return to play phase, and every time there has been news of a, whether it was uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Colorado, Ottawa, yeah. of cases and po- t- uh, players testing positive. Arizona, don't forget Arizona. Arizona as well. We have never heard a name. Yeah. Um, so, guys. In hockey. In, in hockey. hockey. hockey yeah. Let's well, just be clear. I should emphasize that because yeah. obviously you may have heard Rudy Gobert had COVID. Remember that? Yeah. that was Kevin on Durant. The, yes, Kevin Durant. That was a massive one. Uh, Tom Hanks. Remember that? Even though we yeah. don't. Rhea Wilson. Who doesn't love Tom Hanks and Rhea Wilson? But anyway. I, I, sorry. I, I, just, I, watched, I just watched Sleep in Seattle. Sorry. Just oh, that's thing. fine. Yeah. So, let's be careful here. Um, and for once – Instead of just being guys who are doing this podcast, you know, help me maybe you know, add to a portfolio. We love yelling at each other about hockey. Well, Daniel may not like when we yell at each other because he just wants to talk and we don't let him. Um, but we are kind of uniquely qualified to talk about this as Daniel is in the master's program at journalism. Sorry, is, is doing in the journalism program, doing his master's. Big deal. Cool guy. Cool Thanks guy. for coming. And then Alex <laughs> and I as well have finished our second year at Ryerson Journalism as well. And second year had a very much an emphasis on you know, um, ethics and that, I would say. Even the course you take in the fall, Adam. Yeah. Yes. The one that you have to take in the, the mandatory course. Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually in a good position to talk about this, guys. So I guess we'll start off and we'll go to the master's man. No, thanks for coming. Oh. We'll go to the master's man, Daniel, first. Um your thoughts on Steve Simmons reporting that not a Maple Leafs player, but naming Austin Matthews? I think when I first read it, like, you know, it's you, you, you take it as like, just like, you know, the regular reader where it's like, oh man, look at that headline. But like when you like scale back onto it, you kind of like go through it and everything. It just kind of like, it just feels weird to me. Like if the team didn't, if the team didn't uh, kind of, you know, confirm it, then that they don't do it. Um, I was like reading through it, like you know, it would have been great if he's like, "Hey, by the way, um, you know, I confirmed with the Matthews family or something that you know this information is like going out or anything." But it's just kind of crazy. Where two things I kind of find is. Like, I don't know, like, it, it is a bit unethical, I think, to kind of approach it in this way, because, like, when you kind of gave other teams, like, this kind of, like, fair shot of saying, you know, we're not going to release the names, um, it's kind of, it's, it's it, it, it doesn't really sit well with me. And the second thing I kind of have with it is, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but this is the Toronto Sun <laughs> kind of thing. It's, like... They're known Wait, for these. I like the Toronto Sun. Is that what you're just, That's what it sounds like. It just they're known for these punchy headlines to kind of grab your attention in a way. And right. the way the articles are written, it's not two things. What we learned in school, 
how they taught us how to write, not at all. Second, it's just, it's just those type of grab your attention kind of things. It just so happens, like, you know, they have had topics like this in the past, but it just kind of so happens that for the ones to, for the one, for them to be the ones to break the story just doesn't sit well with me. It's like TMZ breaking a sports story. Kind of, in a way, right. yeah. It's not like TSN got in trouble for, I mean, I, th- TMZ. I think TMZ, yeah, got in trouble for doing something around COVID earlier. Well, they always get in trouble for everything. Um, well, I remember they broke the Kobe story. Yes! And, that's- and, I, and I didn't believe it. Yeah, same here. I thought they were just messing around. And then, yeah, they, and they didn't even oh. tell the family, right? Like, oh, I don't yeah. think so. See, so when it comes to yeah that that was it was I didn't believe it but yeah sorry yeah yeah go on Alex. back to the Matthews one is I'd love to go back and listen to it but a specific company decided to take the interview down about with Steve Simmons um, I'm not gonna say who but not TMZ but not TMZ another um, <laughs> they and and I now I can't remember what he said specifically. It's I, I I got the impression that he did contact the team uh, beforehand, releasing the story. Uh, he had his story lawyered. Uh, I believe he said he had two sources that confirmed it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not no, no. saying it's right at all. I'm not. It's saying- a bit of wonky writing. I think like it's just one source said our sources outside the league says like it just the way it was written too. It just kind of like throws you off in a way. The the thing I have with what's going on is it whether it's right or wrong about him about it being reported. Like we all, I think all three of us can agree that it is wrong, right? Absolutely. And to pretend that it didn't happen would uh, it wouldn't make sense to me? To me, at least, like that's my opinion. That to pretend that he didn't report it and not talk about him reporting it. Okay. Right. Like, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Alex, but we, before, when we talked about this last night, I think I texted you guys and said, so when we talk about this, do we want to just say a Leafs player or do we want to make Matthews' name? And you're Alex saying then with not talking about it is, is not go on. Sorry. Yeah. I was just saying like, if I think we word it carefully, right. That was kind of my explanation. Say Steve Simmons reported, in his latest story that Austin Matthews tested positive for COVID from who from his sources. What, but to sit like, why pretend that it didn't happen? Like he, he was on, he, I'm not getting like, he was on overdrive. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. He was on overdrive. And then I, I, I sent you guys the messages about what he was talking about. And then I think Adam, you went to look for, um, for the interview. Board. A few hours later, and then it wasn't on. It wasn't on online, and then they didn't put our one from that episode. Oh no! Which he was. He was the first guest. So if it was such an issue, then don't have Steve Simmons on. You call the producer of Overdrive and say, "Don't have Steve Simmons on. Mm-hmm. Don't do it later." But whatever. I don't. I guess I don't know anything about sport media producing. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> I think my issue with the with this entire situation, other than it being wrong, is that you can't have best of both worlds in this situation. Like, don't pretend that this is the first time that 
a name has been reported, not from the team. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's talk, like Rudy Gobert. I went back. Who reported Rudy Gobert? Because I'm thinking, I never remember the team reporting Rudy Gobert first. So I went and I looked for it. So it was the yeah. athletic. Oh, okay. So we knew Rudy Gobert was out with an illness. That's all we knew. Yeah. He wasn't playing against, um, I don't remember who. OKC. The, OKC because he was out with an illness. Then the Athletic reported that he tested positive for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Then obviously the team confirmed it. So no one said, no one batted an eye there. Then Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys. Let's see. Uh, the Associated Press, sorry. A person with direct knowledge of the diagnosis told the Associated Press that Elliot had the, po- the, had the positive test about, about a week ago and could be described as symptomatic. His agent confirmed it a week later. So, yeah, the agent, they, they, it ended up getting confirmed after the report was put out there. So which one is it? Do you want, like, it's wrong, but you can't, I think, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of Lee fans who are bitter. Like, you can't say, oh, it's gr-, like, we know this guy, and then trash on the guy because he did something bad, but not say anything about the reporter. And then have Austin Matthews come out, have no idea of the situation of how he got it, if he broke quarantine, whatever he did, but trash the reporter. You have to have it both. You can't like you can't have it one way or the other. It's because it was Steve Simmons. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. I think because of his past reputation, especially and, and you know it starts. I think you know Phil Ka- the whole Phil Castle incident. I think yeah, that plays a huge part. In it. I yeah. think it plays a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. But that's my opinion. Whether you uh-huh. like it or not, I don't care. All right. Um, and as Mike pointed out last week, and I'll do it again, Alex was so passionate about that. He had to take a drink of water. To <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, like you said, we don't need to debate whether it was good or bad. Yeah, I, even though I kind of want to say, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a Steve Simmons fan. Um, it, it always says, speaks volumes to me when TSN have their trade deadline, and he's at not the first table of experts, not the second but he's in the third that they cut to once every two hours. That's yeah. all I have to say. But before we go, yeah, go ahead. do we expect to not ask Steve Simmons to be a guest on the show? I, well, Adam, I, I think, already banned him. Okay. No, no. When, ban- we, when we started the show, I feel like Adam already had a list of names that were banned yeah. from the show. I think I'd have him on, but I don't know how long it so would like take. Oh, yeah, we definitely Simmons. had this conversation I don't know. Did we see yeah. well, anyway, well, like if 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 Steve if Steve would I would love to have Steve Simmons on this show, but I just don't know how long I could take it without ripping my hair out. Okay, because he he obviously he does this for the clicks, but then at some point with me, it's like where does the the want for the clicks stop, and where do ethics come in? And it's just it feels like he's ignoring that, and that really that grinds my gears. Not just as someone who is studying journalism, and wants to be a successful sports journalist, but just as a person, it really uh, it ticks me mm. off. Um, but uh, shall we move on from the Steve and Simmons? Yes. Yeah, and the ugly. Yeah. Good. The Steve right. the Sim. Do you say the Steve the Simmons and the ugly? Is that what yes. you said? Okay. 
I'm not, I'm not going to make the I'm good, not gonna the, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, the Carey Price, what a beautiful man he is. I don't know if that's <laughs> Love you. We can work on this. If you want to know what I just said randomly, love you, and it sounded like I touched, touched something, it's because, guys, of course, I touched my Carey Price picture. Uh, and if you want to see stuff like that or the weird faces the guys give me when I do weird stuff like that, you should definitely go check out the YouTube channel for a type of visual experience of the podcast. It's another element. See how we look. We're beautiful. Why not? Daniel's got his mustache going, 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 going. It looks fantastic. Remember those shirts we talked about? We can talk about the shirts. You, know, you can see the shirts. Why not? Yeah. But we'll move on to some more hockey stuff. And it's the weekly edition of what's going on with the Hub Cities, guys. Um, and we'll also talk a bit about what's going on with three, Phase 3 and 4. There's some Larry Brooks stuff, some Elliot Friedman stuff. But I'm going to start off, guys, reading off two tweets from my man, my myth, my legend, Pierre Lebrun of TSN. Love him. Great guy. French guy. Quote, my understanding is that the NHL has cut the list of Hub Cities to six teams from the original ten. The list still includes all three Canadian uh, cities. My sense is Vancouver and Edmonton rank ahead of Toronto. Obviously, Vegas remains in the mix. This is now the second tweet. The hope slash expectation is the NHL slash NHLPA to agree on the two Hub Cities by the end of this upcoming week. Time is of the essence. The league uh, needs to negotiate deals with both Hub Cities, hotels, etc. once selected, guys. That's true. Um, so I guess we can start off talking here that um, with the fact that we've had a few states in the, uh, in the United States that are spiking with COVID cases and people started asking this question. So I'll ask it to you two. Um, we'll start off with Alex this time. Is there a real possibility that we could see a one, two combo with a Canadian city or do you really think it will be a Canadian and they'll stick, stick with Las Vegas? I think they're going to stick with Las Vegas. Um, I, I really think the players might push for uh, staying in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anyone needs to explain why Vegas is such a great spot. Now, if right. they're going to be able to go to the casinos, probably not. But still, it's Vegas, great uh, hotels. Um, what about you, Daniel? Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, it, like we've talked about this so many times, where it's the capacity to kind of house these players and like the staff and just like the sheer size of it. I like I have to go with Vegas. Like, there's no other city I could think of right now where it's it's possible for like you know, this amount to happen. Um, I'm not sure about the Canadian ones, to be honest. Um, bit iffy on it has been what's happening the last the last week or so mm-hmm. on that front. It's uh, it's definitely been that, of course, Edmonton, I think, has the lowest deaths of, of not entire of Canada, but um, especially compared to Ontario and Quebec. Um, and, of course, it's, it's Edmonton. It's not that it's not booming right and it's kind of just out in the middle of uh it's 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 edmonton it's, it's, it's prim, edmonton you know? yes yeah like it's, it's no offense but it's edmonton um and then vancouver has just been very good with covid cases all along um yeah. and we've obviously talked about toronto at length and you know just we don't need to do that again but there is a very small part of me and i will emphasize if safety can happen that would love it if they do decide to go to Canadian cities, that if they went Toronto and Vancouver and Edmonton loses out because they've been so, like, everyone, reporters, fans, politicians are, have been so, so wanting 
Edmonton to be a hub city. And the worst part is it makes sense that Edmonton would be one. Rexall, not Rexall place, but like the Rod, I think it's Rogers place. Yeah. Like I was looking at like a plan of everything no, around there and like the Marriott's right there. Like yeah. it's all, it's fantastic. I don't know why you wouldn't go there, but I, I would laugh at Edmonton. I won't lie. I is, won't it, lie. What, is it Rogers place? I know there's the Rogers center. Then the Vancouver one is Rogers as well. And then the Edmonton one is Rogers too, right? So is it Rogers, Rogers center where, where the Jays play? Yes. Okay. All right. It should be the Sky. Sky Dome such a good name, by the way. Um, I also wonder, guys, so we know the three Canadian cities being Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Las Vegas. I wonder who the other two hub cities still Chicago. in consideration are. You think? I think so. I think I'm going to pull up Illinois numbers right now. But I, I remember, I think I sent you the screenshot, too, that uh, Chicago was making a push, uh, a big push. And oh, I think that I, I, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I remember reading it. But they seem like the most West team. Yeah, the yeah West. <laughs> the most Eastern West team. So I think it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this as well before we go to some, uh, before I go to Larry Brooks' tweet. So I think originally I saw it on the score. Mike sent me this article. And then I think it was yesterday, Alex, you uh, talked to me about it as well. That the NHL want the Eastern teams to play in the Western hub city, if it yeah. does work out perfectly, and the Western teams to play in the East because they don't want the teams to have a home ice advantage if you are one of those hub city hosts. And I understand because, like, a team knows their rink better than everyone else. Like, if a puck goes dead off the board or something – in all reality, can we talk about how stupid that is? Yeah, it's it's a bit of weird. It, it goes instance. It goes completely against the time zone thing. Like, remember we were talking about the whole time zone incident and mm. saying, okay, wait, you're gonna have Toronto in the West and having them play at eleven o'clock at night. I don't care about the time zone stuff, to be honest with you guys. I really, I don't. I think anyone who makes the argument of oh the time zones, I just kind of don't take them seriously because. Guys, there's going to be more than one, two, three games a day. And I don't think the NHL is stupid enough to have teams like Montreal, like Toronto, like New York playing at 11 o'clock at night. Well, you say that the Habs had a few afternoon games on Saturday, I'll tell you. But sorry, sorry, Daniel, what about, what about you? The thoughts of like, <clears throat> hey, let's move all these players. Additionally, you know, we're worried about COVID cases. Let's also move them to the other side of the country. You know, maybe a bit of I a... I feel bit. like, yeah, it's like unnecessary, like, length of movement, I find, for these guys. Um, <laughs> I think I kind of thought, thought about, too, like, for example, like, hypothetically, if Toronto's chosen as a hub city, it is kind of like, it is going to, I don't know, I feel like in a city like this, it's, if it's hockey, it's still going to be embraced regardless. Yeah. Um, I have this thing where like more people are going to be in the cr- in the streets or something like just wanting to have a look at the player or you know they're just excited the hockey's back. Yeah. No well, matter what the team be is. In the streets regardless. Yeah. See, this is what I find very interesting cuz Daniel you talked about how you went you were driving around it was like a normal day. I was at Home Depot having to get a fan because my room's air conditioning is crap. And I was terrified going in because it was so busy. And I, I was talking about this with my family. My mom brought up a really good point. And she said, watch parties. People are going to have watch parties about this. And it's going to mm-hmm. be insane. And again, yeah. Um, and for also those saying, I'm not going to watch a game. But they're playing at like 3 p.m. What else are you doing right now? 
Okay. I don't think you're doing it. No, I'm struggling right, to play right. Skyrim all day, all right, right. guys? Like, yeah. you have time to watch hockey. My question is, is it the NHL's responsibility to say, oh, our fans are going to do – like, you really – I can't see them making that a consideration, saying our fans are going to be in the streets, our fans are going to be doing that. I, I don't know if that's something they necessarily have to worry about. I think it, it comes at – no, sorry. It no, just comes at a time that, like – I. I feel it too, like you with Alex, where like the league does not have the control, but at the same time too, I just kind of feel that what we talked about before where when people see things are opening up, they're like, oh man, let's go to it right. kind of thing. Like, I think it's just going to be like, you're just going to have to say, I, I feel like wait and see kind of thing. Like, you know, when we talk about these watch parties, like, you know, yeah. I would love to meet up with you guys, you know, get a golden star burger and watch a game but no we're not gonna do that because have you guys done anything like i know daniel your uh richmond hill is in phase two pickering is in phase two now yeah yeah they finally moved on which is fantastic so so did we so did we have you guys done anything i know you went to home depot we picked up some t- like because there is a cost across from where i live there's yeah. a really good uh, really good pub but we didn't go like we we ordered the food and picked it up like we didn't not sit outside god no i'm not gonna do that oh no. i already i already i already did that i've been on a socially distant bike rides with up to that. two friends and have you wiped out at all in the past few weeks no i haven't oh I've yeah been i've been better i've been better yes for the right. listeners um yes there was a bit of a incident two weeks ago on my bike around finch station but all is good now Good. That was before the Harmon Dial episode, was it not? Yes. Oh. All right. Um, I know we wanted to try and aim to finish the episode. I think it was like one fifty. So let's let's try and move on here. Uh, just to finish off the phase three and four talks, I'll just read you guys uh, two tweets. Uh, one from Larry Brooks. That's what I'm saying, Brooksy. From- said, I almost said Larry Bird. Sorry. Keep no, going. not Larry. No, no, not Larry Brooks. So I'm saying, have you ever fought? I'm going to say, have you challenged me? I'm going to stop calling John Dorella. Uh, so from Larry Brooks on Twitter, um, quote, from NHL GM meetings, Post, and this is the New York Post, Post has learned that training camp is set for two weeks with teams traveling to respective hub cities on July 23rd or 24th before playing one exhibition game. The Stanley Cup tournament that begins with qualifying rounds is scheduled to begin on July 30th, which just go against the whole idea that it was going to start in august but of course plans change we won't dwell too much on that but that's a report larry brooks normally pretty reputable source source and also finish off with a tweet from elliot friedman the man the myth the legend whose beard is banned from the show um quote the two v's vancouver vegas maybe next two weeks hub selections lottery players vote on protocol cba framework all why we monitor testing results uh, so, guys, there is a lot to keep your eye on um, for the next two weeks, especially. Um, probably a make or break two weeks for return to play being on schedule. But what we'll finish off with, you know, we have two more things because we have an 05 redraft that we've been meaning to do for about a month. Um, we we want to talk about the idea of canceling the season and coming back in, in fall. Um, oh, yeah. And, and Alex, you very much wanted to talk about this, so I think you should start. Yeah, because I've seen it multiple times uh, previously, and I, and I know it was brought back up again with all the, with the 11 cases uh, coming out of the NHL. I just don't see that being a 
possibility simply because, and I think obviously the NHL wants to have fans in seats as soon as they can. But the whole reason that we're trying to get this before September is because they're trying to get behind the second wave. And as soon as it starts to get cold, that's the expectation is that, yeah, we can start phase, even if we do the regional approach, like the, sorry, the phasing and approach, like, uh, you know, like Ontario is doing. And like most of, I, I believe the rest of Canada is doing the same thing. Everyone's just at different stages. There's still the chance that one of the ways the virus spreads again is that when it's cold, it becomes stronger. At least that's my understanding. I'm not a scientist, so... I'm just going to say that's my understanding. Well, you're um, using science in the explanation, which is all that matters. Yeah, exactly. It, it, so there's still that chance. So <clears throat> I don't think the NHL cancels the season and then starts a new one in September. I don't think that, w- <clears throat> that was their plan from the beginning, and I don't think that's an option for them. Mm-hmm. Daniel? Yeah, I kind of feel that too, where it's just at this point, the way things have been going, you know, they have this momentum where – they're like, you know, it'd be kind of a weird thing. We're like, you know, let's just cancel it all after all these plans we've kind of done with things. Mm-hmm. It's not about like just saving face, but it's a, a kind of a, I guess, expectation that they've already told, like, not just the fans, you know, the stakeholders, the players, the staff, all these things that they want to get this done. And I kind of agree with Alex, like the same thing he said about getting this done between before the second wave kind of thing, you know, it's, it's more feasible, I think, with the NBA and the NHL because they've already had the majority of their season and can get some things done. You know, it's still some semblance of a, you know, a intact playoff run. Um, like the baseball leagues have been talking about that too, where like, like there's a certain doctor there saying that you guys got to get the season done before October, before it gets cold. It's like they haven't played a regular season game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, it, it, it is like a slippery, slippery slope kind of thing. Like when all of this kind of happened and they said, okay, we're canceling this. Like, okay, you know, understood. We see the severity of it. But now at a point where two, the moment, there's two things, the momentum and their second where they've come out all these official statements already. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I worry about is, because I won't lie to you, I've been on the side of almost like, is it is it worth it? Something I've been asking myself. Um, because even Bob McKenzie he was on overdraft, the Bob father. And he said that it was not, and I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, he said that it wasn't the majority, but there are a number of players who do not want to come back uh, because they don't right. feel it's safe. And I don't think what the league or what the fans want matters. If all of a sudden your players do not feel safe because the unsafe work environment right. unions, uh, that's going to stop you dead in your tracks. Right. And I do not want, like, for example, I've always mentioned this. Carrie Price, his wife is pregnant. Yeah. She's now due, I believe it's in like fall, right? He's not going to want to put her in jeopardy or anyone is who has a family. Like, I, excuse me, like Alex Petrangelo has triplets. Like he's not going to want to put them in. Like, even if you can make all oh, younger people, not, no, no, shut up. Of, of the younger, younger, you know, people not being at risk. Um, I, at the end of the day, if, if the players – and knowing the players, they, don't, they didn't even have the balls to say, no, we don't want a 2014 playoff, except for two teams. Um, if they start saying, no, we don't want this, I would 100% stand with the players there. And I would say, yeah, then if they don't want it, 
then I think he needs to close it down. That's just my opinion. Though. So then um, they have to they have to actually voice their opinion instead of telling insiders, yes, which is something they don't do. No. Right. So <clears throat> if they can't say anything, whose problem is it? Oh, then it's theirs. Yeah. Right. Sir, That's I'm just the, saying. Uh, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like, I know. Yeah, it comes again. We we're talking about this an hour ago. Same situation. They don't want to say anything because they they're scared or whatever the reasoning is. They don't want to be different, Hockey which culture. is why the sport is so behind every other sport in the world. We uh, that's true. Um, all right, guys, we we might get finished before uh, one fifty actually. Okay, uh, main event, a ring a ding ding. Uh, the oh, okay, we did we did do that. Okay, 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 good, 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 good. good. Yeah. Okay, sorry if you can hear the paper rattling. Uh, we'll finish off, guys, with the two thousand five NHL entry draft. All in a little redraft, just for some back information, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the 05 redraft, sorry, the 05 NHL entry draft. Um, looking at it, the top 10, top 15, especially, is a case of ups and downs. Uh, the ups being, you may have heard of him, Sidney Crosby, Carey Price, Anzi Kopitar at 12 or 11, I believe. 11, um, yeah. 11, yes. Yes. Then the lows are low of Gilbert Boulay, Luke Baudin, just a few names. Jack Johnson's high on that draft, I believe. Um, look how that turned out. But then Montreal see- Canadiens, great. Benoit Pouliot. Yes. But- <laughs> um, but then you, you definitely see – hey, you can't make for the Montreal in this draft. You cannot. You can say what you want. I'm not letting it happen because okay. they, got, they got their winningest goalie in history. So you can make your Pouliot jokes all you want. Yeah. But in all seriousness – this draft is also unique because even those guys who didn't turn into the players we expect, like Jack Johnson, still to this day have had long, and we may make fun of his advanced analytics, but is still a great player who has played so many games. Um, I'm, I'm wary to say lots of money in Jack Johnson's case. Yeah. You know, his parents kind of suck, but still, like some great. NHL players. Um, so, guys, first of all, actually, I was going to ask, what did you think of this draft? But then we want to, we for once, we, we care about time. So we'll start off here. Number one, we can we Sidney Crosby, right? Like we all said, Sidney Crosby. Yes. There's no yeah. point. In that. Okay, good. You know, Thanks. it was a bit of a tough one here, guys. But uh... <laughs> stop. Yeah. So, <laughs> Stanley Cup, Consmy. I'll Sydney. go. <laughs> He's the most well, famous hockey many, player in the world. How many consumers does he have? Three or two? Two. It's only well, two. He should, only have, he should only have one, though. Phil Kessel deserved that one. Because Malkin I'm had saying. the 9 one. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm and then Sid had the other two. Should have been Mark Andre Fleury. No, I'm should have been Phil Kessel. Hey, I don't want Sid to get another one because he ties a wall for the most in history. We don't okay. need that. Um, yeah. Okay, number two. Who did you guys have? We'll start with Daniel. I have. Bobby, no. Um, <laughs> I have Carey Price. Hey, let's go. Why? Yes, so do I. Obvious <laughs> reasons, like yeah, you know, we joke about it because we, you know, we don't really talk about it too much. Alex and I feel because um, Adam gives enough of the Carey Price fandom. So what we got, like you know, he is like, I still think now, like despite the injuries and how the team. Has performed. He's still one of the best goalies. He's still a top mm-hmm. five goalie in the NHL. Yeah, like he's still good. He's going to be a Hall of Famer regardless if there's a cup or not. He could lose the rest of his games. Yeah, and he'll still be in the Hall. He'll still be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, just quickly bring it up. Carey Price today has 348 wins. A career. I don't even. I'm going to close hockey DB. The year he won the Hart 
the the only goalie to win the Hart, the Vesna, the Jennings, and the Lindsay all in the same year. Only mm-hmm. goalie ever do it. Forty four wins, a Habs record, a nine thirty three save percentage, a one point nine eight goals against average. Is that his career? No, no, his career. I think his his like career. Oh, that's the one game. That's the one year. Sorry. Yeah, that's the sorry, year when sorry. he did everything. Yeah, and yeah. that's the same. That was the year he won the Lou Marsh. Yeah. The most wins by a Canadian's goaltender, Jacques Plante, Patrick Waugh. I'm not. I know Daniel's going to say Jose Teodor, but I'll I'll say it now so you don't get it. Um, I love. By the way, um, I have Carey Price in number two as well. How about Yaroslav Halak? Uh, he had, well, he was all right. He was good. He was okay. He was okay. He's the reason oh, the Keith Capitals Kincaid. Keith Kincaid, <laughs> who played some ECHO games this year, I believe. Um, or um, Anthony Yemi. Anthony, oh, don't bring <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Cup winner. Anthony I remember Yemi. it was a game against Tampa Bay. Montreal lost six five. Tampa scored with like a minute left. Anthony Yemi was in that game and he couldn't make a save. We would not get if, – if we had a backup that was 20% better than Antti, now 5% better. The Habs make the playoffs that year. Antti Niemi or Garrett Sparks? Antti Man, honestly, I don't know. They're both cut from the same cloth of garbage. I'm I mean, Antti Niemi has the cup, though, you know. I know he had that superstar team around in 2010. I was to say, yeah, he was a lot. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on, though. We'll move on, though. Yeah, um, number three. Daniel, who did – oh, so no, I went to Daniel for number two. Alex, who did you have at number two? Um, number I, three, number three, number three. We can talk about Carey Price more if you guys want. <laughs> number three, who'd you have, Alex? Anze Kopitar. All right. I um, think he he's two-way, right? He's that really good, good two-way center. And I think him and Doughty, and, and you know, yes, Jonathan Quick. Okay, I'll give it, give it to Jonathan Quick. We're really there for that big, big, big push. Mm-hmm. For all of those cup runs, yeah, twenty twelve, twenty fourteen, even when they lost to the Blackhawks in the conference, mm-hmm. Selkie Trophy for Anzi Kopitar. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, I also have Kopitar here. Like you know, I think we sometimes forget. Like a lot of people forget that you know because of how bad the Kings have been recently, mm-hmm. of how good he is. Like even if he's only putting up like what fifty seven points in a season, his two way game is is you know, I'll say second to Bergeron in this regard. Like, I really like Enzo Kopitar. I think he's a franchise center. It's just, he doesn't... I think we just have to remember those cup runs. I think for his generation, yeah. yeah. I think for his generation, I think now there's a group of players, uh, Deneau, Sorelli, Couturier, uh, I mean, still, I mean, still Bergeron. Yeah. Or even even O'Reilly. Still, Bergeron is still... Or it could be argued as number one. No, I just I don't know if I'd say the same thing about Kopitar if he's still up there. Mm-hmm. But for his prime, like it was, yeah. it was great. It was yeah. amazing to see. Yeah. I you know I've told you guys that like Garrett Carlson, Oliver Ekman Larson, Vlad Tarasenko are those the first players who I started rooting for them were in Habs. Kopitar was always one. Um, and yeah, you say Daniel only like fifty-seven points. That's on the Kings. Yeah, uh, he is so good. When Bob Gainey was the GM of the Habs, he tried to get Kopitar for years, years. And by the way, Anzi Kopitar, best dog in the league. Go look it up. Um, okay. But we'll go on number four, where I have Mark Edouard Lassique. 
est-ce qu'il est, il est très bien, il est né à Québec et il a des bonnes nids, donc Edouard de Vlasic Picot. Weren't the Canadians rumored with Vlasic at the beginning of the season? Yeah. That would have been fun. I mean, I imagine, I'd like to imagine that he would have been a bit better. Like, new scene, but like, we can argue all that one. We've had plenty of debates about Mark Edouard Vlasic. Um, but everyone on San Jose was bad this year, except like Thomas Perry. Yeah. You really love that guy. I remember he even put him on the Olympic team or the Canadian team. I did. Yeah. But I, I like Vlasic. He's, he is great. He always Good gets, little junior boy. Yeah. A great reception in Montreal all the time as well. Um, okay. Who did you guys have a number four? Daniel Emanuel. I had to Garask. Um, yeah. It's kind of hard to say that. <laughs> I mean, like he was drafted by the Leafs in this draft. Uh, but yeah, you know, he already has the accolades 2011 Cup, Vezina Trophy. He made a first NHL like all star team. He's been to the yeah. all star games. He has a Wilming Jennings Trophy from last, from this year. Yes, this year. Yeah. Um, I remember watching him. I knew he was going to be good. That's how I was shocked that the Leafs traded him. I remember he won uh, goalie of the tournament at the World Juniors for Finland. And I'm like, man, this is a guy I'm definitely going to try to follow. What a joke. And then yeah. you follow him all the way. It should definitely be tampering, because then John Ferguson uh, Jr. went to Boston. I know. Definitely he's tampering. tampering. Um, yeah, a yeah, number four, I have Rask as well. I, and he's an interesting guy because lately he's been part – he's – you know, been part of that 1A, 1B type system where he maybe he's not necessarily playing 60, 65 games a year. He's playing closer to 50. But before that, like, yes, every goalie has an off, has their off years, right? Every goalie. Mm-hmm. But, like, this guy was damn good. And I wish he was a Leaf, but. Interesting fact, but he actually in franchise history is like the winningest goalie ever in Leafs history of like a draft pick, but he never played for them. Okay. Well, that's like just he beat fast, he beat Fal- oh yeah, he beat Felix Potford this year. Good, that. good. I love L- how let's you- just move past that. Yeah, okay. okay. Um Alex, who'd you have at fifth? Uh number five, I have Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, as much as I trash Mark Edward Vlasic, he was a damn good defenseman. Yeah, constant. Him and Jay Bowmeister were always those quiet world juniors. Sorry, the like, quiet team Canada guys that we yeah. knew nothing about. Uh, Dan? I have Chris Letang. Chris? Uh, yes. Um, always been a fan of him. You know, I'm going to say to get former world junior captain. Uh, but yeah, like despite all the stuff he's kind of gone through, the injuries, the stroke, you know, he's come back to win it. He's been like, a, I think, an amazing defenseman. I think he's worth the money. Um, I've always cheered for him. The fact that the Penguins got Crosby and Tang in this draft is pretty insane. Um, but yeah, also like prototypical right-hand shot offensive defenseman, and I always cheer for the guy. Mm-hmm. Good looking dude. Like, good looking. Yeah. Um, so it's funny you bring up uh, Latang here because I don't have him fifth. I actually have Keith and Yandel. And sorry to jump ahead here, um, but I'm going to say my fifth and sixth because there's a reason yeah. I do this. Because I have Latang at sixth. Yeah. And I was looking at their numbers, right? And Yandel does have more points, but it's only because of how many games Latang has lost. And by the way, no one talks about how good Keith Yandel is, by the way. Um, for some reason, we talk about how funny he is, and that's it. Um, and, and his Iron Man. Isn't he on an Iron Man streak? Yes, he is. That's very true. Um, the, which is a very big asset. The complete opposite of Latang, unfortunately. And knowing 
on how unfortunate Latang has been with injuries. Again, um, but massive credit for recovering from what he has. Um, I've I've put Yandel ahead of him, but mm-hmm. massive respect to both. So, um, Alex, why don't you just give me your fifth and sixth, and then we'll go to Daniel for his sixth. Uh, I need to do sixth and seventh. I already did my fifth. Oh, you did? Oh, well. Um, then, Daniel, give us your sixth, and we'll go to Alex for sixth and seventh. <laughs> Daniel? Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. Damn it. Oh, so oh, God. He's frozen. He's dead. Okay, let's pause it again. All right. So, Technical difficulties. Anyway, uh, Daniel, your sixth overall pick. I have Mark Edward Vlasic, same reasons why we told, uh, well, we talked about before. Um, yeah, it's kind of guy like, you know, he's never really, he's never made an all-star team, but he's just been such a consistent guy. Like, we've even argued that even it is, you know, he's what, 32, 33 now, he still would have made, you know, no, an you, Olympic, a hypothetical Olympic team. Yeah, well, well, we did, we you did, but yeah. That. Despite um, everything San Jose's kind of been through this year, I I still see him as a piece you move with going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Alex, you needed to combo your six and seven out. Huh? Yeah, I had the I had the same thing as Adam, but just a different order. At sixth, I had Chris Letang, and at seventh, I had Keith Yandel. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, then while you're here, that's you know, like you just gave your okay. Um, okay. Alex, I mean Daniel. Daniel. Seventh. Seven. Seventh. Keith Yandel, <laughs> same thing we talked about, that Ironman streak over 800 games. It's pretty crazy. Um, what I kind of felt unfortunate with him is that, you know, he's the majority of his career has been played with the Coyotes and the Panthers, and no mm-hmm. one really talks about him too much, to be honest. Um, I thought he was going to get that fair shot of, I guess, the spotlight in a way when he was with the Rangers, but that didn't really pan out too much for them, and he was kind of shipped to the Panthers. Uh Still a really underrated guy, fourth-round pick here, and I think this is one of the biggest deals. Yeah. Um, all right, number eight. I've got I mean, you didn't give You didn't even give your seventh. Oh, I didn't. Oh, no. Tuka Rask. Um, for the reason said before, fantastic goalie. He's been to the cup final a few times. He's pretty decent. Uh, and he's finished, so he's got a great sense of humor. Even when he goes to like throw his sticks and like you just get like no, yeah. he's, he's a temper tantrum, but I like it. Okay. I think the interesting thing about Yandel and Latang is that they can kind of be interchanged in a way. Like one can be sixth, one can be seventh, and mm-hmm. I think for me, Latang got the edge just because of those cups with Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, like they're both can both be power play quarterbacks. Um, they're both right-handed and they're both offensive. Mm-hmm. All right, um, number eight, I have TJ Yoshi because he is just so, so good. And, man, if you want to talk about someone who delivers on a big stage, TJ Yoshi, or should I say TJ Sochi. My oh, boy. he actually had a, he had a funny uh, interview story where uh, when he was just drafted, he was in university, and he's like, I do nothing about the St. Louis Blues. Uh, and then he just started searching him up like crazy. And then I think when the GM at the time, I forgot his name, called him. He's like, yeah, I'm excited to play for your franchise. Yeah, great city. Uh, and he started like listing guys. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, great city. Uh, I like to play with. And he's like going through the list. Uh, Al McInnes. Wow. But like he's like at a time, it was not like the way the draft was now where he's like, I didn't even know I was going to get drafted. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Let alone oh. in the first round. 
Well, who do you, who do you have then, Alex? Uh, I have Paul Stastny. Paul Stastny, pretty good player. Yeah, pretty pretty good signing. He's okay. I wish you, I wish uh, uh, sorry. I wish Winnipeg kept Paul Stastny. That, that was a perfect been, fit. Yeah, that would have been their second line center. I wish he had bothered to talk to the media after his thousandth game. Fun fact about Paul Stastny. What? That first round pick Winnipeg gave away for him became Rasmus Sandin. Yes, yes. I think Steve Dangle's going to call you with a cease and desist for going after his trade trees. No, it was. Because who did they – oh, man. Why am I Jade not... Dominic Bach that I – they used the Justin Falk yes, trade. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 that they used in the Justin Falk trade. And then they traded – they traded down. The Leafs yeah. traded down. Because they uh, wanted that other third rounder. It was like Semyon. Semyon Der Arguchinsev. Yes, they got him. Yeah, that guy's a beast. Um, um, all right. Robertson. By the way, fun fact about Paul Stastny. Um, trying to sign him is the reason that Joel Armia is a Montreal Canadian. Because they really? Sent, they sent oh, him. Yeah. With Steve Mason. Yeah. And then they still lost on him, so it was big jokes. Uh, nice. Yeah. yeah um, using cap to get assets. Who knew wait, that? Wait, wait, wait. Mark Bergeron doing something right? Yeah. Oh. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, who – did I ask – no, go ahead, eight. No, I asked – okay, Daniel, who's yes, on? Daniel. Who's your eight? My eight. Yeah, your eight overall pick. Who do you have? I actually had – it's pretty funny. I had that slide about the Yoshi, but I actually have Ben Bishop here. Ben, big Ben. Yeah, I think, like, you know, he was a late bloomer. Um, you know, his career didn't really take off until, until he went to Ottawa and then Tampa. Um, but, yeah, I, I still think even now he's – Great goalie doesn't get as much recognition, I think, as he should. Like you know, it's here and there because like uh, Golden plays a lot of games. Doesn't he get uh, Vez? He's taught. He was a talk for Vesna. Man, the Vesna. But like, I think sometimes he doesn't get put in like the top goalie conversations all the time. But I think yeah, yeah. he's still here. I think that might be because he doesn't play as. Um play as many games because they, he, they mm-hmm. in D- Dallas it's a split between him and Hudobin mm-hmm. so we're never going to see the Martin Broder like 77 games no. a season no, anyway. you're, no you're not no. No, you're, not. you're on Montreal and you might get that wish yeah maybe Stand back up. okay um, then Daniel who do you have a number nine if you've got Big Ben at eight I have Paul Stasny as we've talked about before um, Oh, I don't. Know. I always forget. Like I, I say, like, I said this so many guys. This has been, you know, this this is a this is a fifteen year old draft. I always forget how good Paul Stasny was. You know, like remember when Colorado were like rolling out him, Duchesne, and Ryan O'Reilly. It's insane to think about their center depth. Yeah, <laughs> and so how kind of like, dissipated. I mean, they have a get. Like, McKinnon and Kadri pretty solid, but I mean, like at the time before the McKinnon era, just to have that center depth and like. Get it through the draft, you know. With getting Stasny and O'Reilly in the second round is pretty crazy. Yeah, and then getting McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just really insane. Um, he's had a bit of a downward spiral kind of thing. I feel like when he went to St. Louis, he was severely overpaid, but then he redeemed himself in Winnipeg, and I think he settled nicely in Golden. And uh, with the, I was about to say Golden State, uh, he settled well with the Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah, he uh, transitioned to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and what a lot better than Michael Jordan's transition to baseball, to say that at least. Um, 
Okay, um, number nine, guys. Or Alex, I got... No, Alex, did I get your... No, 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 I, I did, I did. Okay, uh, number nine, Alex. TJ Yoshi. TJ Yoshi. Yeah, same reasons as you guys talked about before, I think. Mm-hmm. He, he's okay. a really good player. He is pretty damn good. Um, okay, Daniel, number nine. Okay. Number nine, I have... This is a hard word. I mean, like... Okay, so, like, I think before I say my nine... I'm okay, can I just go with my nine and ten here? Yeah, just go. That's fine. okay. So by this point, I kind of felt that you know you had really good players still on the board, but these are guys who I felt that they really excelled in certain environments or like it's like a situation that was well catered to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's either they blossomed early in their career with this set system, or as they got older, they excelled in this set system. So. Um, I know you guys think I'm biased. Yeah. Here, okay, so I'm gonna go with TJ Oshi. Okay. You know, I didn't really think anything of. It. I remember Jeremy Roenick talked about how he should have made the 2010 Olympic team, but he didn't really show yeah. too much for it. You know, he's a bit of a late bloomer university guy, and I think he really took off with Washington. So, yeah. but that's a perfect system for him. Like the the role he plays. I know he's made All Star games, but I think it's because yeah. of the environment is why he makes All Star games. He's not a franchise guy. So I have TJ Oshi at number nine. Also for that epic story of being drafted, I love it. Yeah. And, and then who do you have at number? 10? Number ten, I have Bobby Ryan. You know, I needed to add him to this list. I think a lot of people too now they talk about you know you know his personal struggles. We always hope that he's well, but at the same time too, yeah. like he didn't really bring it when he came to Ottawa. Like he still had pretty solid seasons at like around fifty points, and you know he went off for that cup run, that not cup run, but that. Eastern Conference final run. Um, you know, he still contributed, even no matter what people say, that I know Eric Carlson literally carried the team with one foot. Um, but we forget that this guy had four seasons of 30 goals. And, yes. no, a lot of people could say it's because he played with Getzla. But I'll look back how we talked about with Corey Perry winning the heart and the Rocket Richard Trophy in 2011. That was a season where Getzla had a season-ending uh, injury. So to propel that team, it was like Perry and like Ryan and, you know, a 44-year-old team of Solani. Um, yeah, but uh, he still excelled without a top-line center. That's true. And he still put up 71 points. I like it. Um, then, Alex, why don't you give us your 9 and 10 then? Uh, I already gave you my 9, so I just have to give you my 10. Uh, ben Bishop. Uh, yeah. I think he, he was, yeah, a little bit of a late bloomer, but I really think he settled down. In Tampa, and then brought his talents to Dallas. It's weird how much Ben Bishop won around in his early career. It was like a set a king. It's insane to think where he was. Um, okay, I'll go my nine and ten as well. Um, okay. Well, I mean, what else is there to do now? Uh, at number nine, I had Benjamin Bishop. I've always yeah. been a big fan of Ben Bishop, especially when he ended Montreal's playoff hopes in, <laughs> in 2015. Thank you for laughing at us. Um, God, they could not score that guy. And then, of course, at number 10, I have Paul Stassi. I did have Jonathan Quick at 10, but I was like, yeah, no. I don't know what I'm thinking there. I think he deserves an honorable mention, though. Yeah, so, James Neal's well, I think. I mean, 82-point season he had with, like – oh, no, 81-point season he had with the Penguins. That was crazy. Yeah. He played on Malkin's line. Okay. Um, then, because uh, – do we? Do you guys yeah. want to mention your honorable Quick mentions? Quick honorable mentions, quickly. Okay. Um, I have Andrew Cogliano, 
just because yeah. his Iron Man streak, uh, and he's a damn good player. Mm-hmm. Anton Strahlman, uh, James Neal, Bobby Ryan, Jonathan Quick, and Nicholas Yarmulson. I have a similar list. Good demon. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, oh, Patrick Hornquist. That's what I know. Yes, I forgot. Yes. I just looked at the list. Patrick Hornquist. But he's a system guy, too. You know what I mean? Like, he knows his role in Pittsburgh. He was the last pick, was he not? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Um, are we good then, lads? I think good. so. This was a fun episode. Was Okay, well then. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The lovely listener. Did you love the show? Of course you did. What am I even saying? But in all seriousness, if you enjoyed the show, this episode specifically, and you want to show your support, there's plenty of ways that you can do so. Follow the show. You know, subscribe to it on wherever you're listening to it, of course. If you're on iTunes, why not? Go leave a five-star rating. Maybe even a review if you're feeling a little saucy. Why not? You can also check out the show's Instagram and Facebook pages. Why not? You can do that as well. Um, you can also check out the 2-on-1 podcast official YouTube channel. And while you're on YouTube, go check out my Habcentered one for all your Montreal Canadian content needs. New video coming soon. Um, and then finally, you can, of course, check out the show. Oh, wait, hold on. You can also check out all three of our social medias. That will all be in the link in the description below. I finally wrote a script for the ending part, by the way. <laughs> Still got to polish it up. Do you want to tell it. everyone what we're doing on Friday? That is a good point, Alex. I will do that. Is it this Friday? Yes, it is. Because, yeah, okay. So, guys, special announcement. This Friday is, of course, the first NHL draft lottery. And so what we're going to do is we're going to be live streaming it. Our, you know, little reaction watch party over Zoom. And mm-hmm. Mike will be part of it. Um, so that will be fun. Ugh, I, I think Alex is worrying about the technical stuff. He'll be Jesse Blake. Um, but yeah, keep your eyes out for yeah, that. Jamie, mm-hmm. no nothing. It's Joe Rogan. Just making. What snacks are you guys bringing for the show? Snacks. I'm making a know. pizza. I don't know. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, pizza party. Pizza party. Pizza party. I don't know what I'll get. Maybe I'll make some pancakes or something. I don't know. All right. Um. Bye then, everyone. Bye. <laughs>